Julie developed Perfect Again six years ago this month. In that time, many women who bought her bra forms and mastectomy bras have come through their breast cancer journey to feel perfect again. You're listening to So Organized Style Podcast, produced by me, Maria Theoharis, and Anne Wally, the Pattern Whisperer. This is Episode 7 of Series 2, and this broadcast is brought to you by our friend and sponsor, Erin Shields of Style So Me Patterns. Erin is the indie pattern designer that collaborates directly with the sewing community, and her printed patterns are selling this month, for this month only, for $5 each. Oh, have you heard of the burnt shop syndrome? You'll have to listen in to see what Julie means by the burnt shop syndrome. I didn't know about it, but she explains it really well. So Julie, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Maria. <laughs> we, we got your name through our contact at ASG. And I've looked at your website, which is called Perfect Again. Yes. And, okay, so I've read what it is, but do you want to just explain why you chose Perfect Again? Well, I have to tell you that coming up with a name for a business, particularly a particular kind of business like this, mm. I didn't have any concept of how difficult that was going to be. And I came up with some other name that wasn't very good. And then I, I've got some friends who are graphics people. And I ran the name past one of those guys who, well, he's a copywriter, I suppose. And he just said my idea was just shocking. So he came up with an idea. And after, but then he found it was a little bit trickier than he thought it was going to be. You know, he said, oh, I came up with these names for breakfast. I said, good for myself. Well, he came up with the name Ditto. And I thought to myself, it's a little bit like an oil company, Ditto. I mean, I know what Ditto means, but... And I thought, well, mm. uh, no, I, I can't really use Ditto. So I came up, which took me quite a long time, and I came up with those two words, perfect again, because even if we didn't think we were perfect in the breast department before, after you've lost one breast, you actually realise that you were perfect. So, yeah. yeah. And both of the words are soft words. The word perfect is a soft word, and again is a soft word. And I have to say that, I mean, that's quite a long time ago now that I was talking about the naming of the business, but a lot of women really like the idea of the, the sound of the name Perfect Again, and I still like it now. So I actually came up with those, those two words together as a name, and if anybody doesn't like it, well, it's my fault. <laughs> so there we are. <laughs> I, I think you need to pay yourself for that naming right. Yeah, <laughs> with, with what, Maria? Yes, so anyway, that was, that was a, like a whole, the whole of the, this scenario has been a huge learning curve. And really, frankly, if Franco and I knew at the beginning what we know now, there is just no way we would have even entered this arena because it's so complicated. Mm. And, you know, women, we put ourselves last. We will put up and we'll shut up. We'll put up with a lot of discomfort because our kids need those new Nike shoes or, you know, whatever. We assume the burnt chop syndrome. And by that, I mean, at the barbecue, we'll give the best chops to our children. We'll give the second best chops to our husbands, and then we'll eat the burnt chop. And so that goes through every vein of our life, including breast forms, external breast prosthesis. And that's why women just put up and shut up with an external breast prosthesis that might weigh one kilo 
275 grams, which is cruelty, I think. After all we've been through and the diagnosis and the emotional free fall and the therapies and all that jazz, mm. to have to lug around something like that if you happen to have a double E-sized breast is just awful, in my humble opinion. And you've been through it too. Well, at least my breasts weren't that large to start with. But yes, I have been through it, and I think that makes a world of difference, really. Mm. I think it does. You ask anyone in the workplace or, you know, in groups that you meet, and everyone knows someone who has been through breast cancer. Yeah, and it's, it's a very great trauma, you know, mentally and physically, breast cancer, even if you don't have any anything at all even cut out of the breast. The whole, the word cancer is what freaks everybody out you know mm. but luckily with breast cancer there's a 90 percent survival rate i mean we're only talking five years but still that's way better than if you've been unfortunate enough to be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer or any yes. other number of cancers frankly yes. but, i mean at least there are a, a, a big herd of squawking females who've survived this which is why there's such a big noisy um, lobby group to support other women who've had breast cancer the, the most recent experience that I've had in the workplace was one of our colleagues was away for a while, came back and her hair, her hair looked different. And it was only once she'd gone through a few more months of this that she actually, no one said anything mm. because we were just quite concerned about her health. Finally, when she told us, there was so much support for her. So I think, you know, when I've been prepping for this interview with you for this podcast I've asked a few women who have been through breast cancer and as I was saying to you earlier this week they're really glad that they've been through it but they don't want to talk about it anymore so uh, that's why when we spoke I just mm. thought it was great that you're still willing to talk about it um, to help people through. Well every single one of us is different and I have to say it did cross my mind in a bit of a big way when, because this all happened to me 17 years ago, I lost my breast in 2002, which is quite a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And then we started the business in 2014. So I wondered whether it was going to do my head in going back there to discuss all this, yes. but it hasn't. And I think that it's actually been probably, it, it's been good for me. And because I can connect with them and I have, I'm survived, I've survived this long and perhaps they can too, you know. As I said, every one of us is different. We do not fit into the same box. And I think somewhere along the line, some medicos like to think that we all are going to fit into the same box. Well, you know, we don't. I'm sorry to let them know, but we don't. The other thing that's interesting is that I don't really have any medical credibility with medicos, even with breast nurses. Now, I thought that the breast nurses would be my gatekeepers. I thought they would be you know, open-minded and they accept what we're doing and that, you know, women like lightweight breast pumps and that is not the case. I've got a few breast nurses who, who love what we're doing but yeah. not many because I don't have any medical credentials. All I have had is uh, a mastectomy and in my tiny mind, I think that I actually am an external breast prosthesis expert because not only do I wear one, we make them. Now, I know a lot about breast prosthesis, probably more than the average breast nurse, but then they don't like yielding that ground. And that's fine, so long as I have a few clients, that's all we need. Yep. And that's what's happening, which is great. 
So I'm jumping over the, the medical side of things by using social platforms like Facebook, getting straight to the women. That leads me to, I was trying to figure out, how do people find out about you if you don't have that in through the nurses that you've just talked about? Let's say you've said Facebook, but how did you come to that conclusion? Well, we had a marketing woman who actually was completely the wrong woman to abuse. Well, leave it alone. Well, that's right. So she did a lot of publicity, and then I realised that there's a big difference between publicity and advertising is that one is free and the other is paid. So we got a lot of publicity when we started because everyone's very interested in breast cancer. And really from that, I guess, first year of kind of publicity, we get a client through word of mouth. It's a website. It took me a couple of years to kind of get that working as well, let me tell you about that. And then I don't really, you know, I don't really use Facebook. I've only just started using Facebook seriously in the last year or so. So slowly, slowly, the Italians have a saying, piano, piano slowly slowly and that's sort of what's happening so next march we'll have been open for six years now which is kind of six years of six years that's significant well <laughs> i mean we frank and i of course initially thought that this breast form business would take over the world well we have relocated ourselves from la la land to reality and you know we're just proceeding and we're we're, we're doing okay and look if we can get a few women happy with our product well i'm thrilled and that's happening that is very good. I mean, six years is fantastic based on, you know, where you've started from and your understanding. So that's really great. The question I then had was, how does it feel when you've been through mastectomy, when you've been through all of the therapy? What do, you, what do your customers say to you about how they feel when they finally find what you offer and, you know, they try it on? Well, if it works for them, and of course, my product isn't going to work for every single woman, of course it can't, but when it works well, they are really pleased. You know, they're really happy to have found a, a shape that they can wear in a bra that they love, because the woman has to love the bra, because nobody should put any woman into a bra that she's not comfortable with, because she simply won't wear it, which is why most women in Australia have got thousands of bras in their top drawer they've been fitted into the wrong bra. So we've got to find the right bra for this particular woman. Every particular woman has a different requirement regarding her bra. And then we've got to get that bra working for our breast form. So we've got to have a high bridge in the front, it's got to be full cup support, blah, blah, blah. I've turned into a crack bra fitter during this whole process, Maria. Have you? <laughs> yes, well, I mean, what, they're symbiotic. The bra is as important as the breast form. Hmm. So if I can't get the woman happy and willing to wear a bra, she's not going to be happy in our breast form. I, I know that's the case. So when everything lines up, it is a beautiful thing, which is, which is true. Most women are just astounded at the lightness of the breast form and they, they find that is extremely comfortable because you can't feel the weight of your breast because they're attached to us with all this connective tissue, deep and peripheral connective tissue. Even if you take half the weight of a natural breast and put it in the empty side of a bra, that weight is simply hanging from the strap of the bra and held in place by the band of the bra, which is what goes around your torso. Mm -hmm. But it's a dead weight. And every, you know, it just feels too heavy. Now, they've traditionally been heavy because when you superficially think about a, an external breast form, you sort of think, well, it's got to kind of be the same weight as your natural breast. But the reality is that it doesn't. And only a woman who has worn both types can know 
what when she doesn't need to wear an extraordinary procedure. So when I get dressed in the morning, I put my bra on. I choose what color knickers to wear with my bra. I have matching right. sets. It's beautiful. Excellent. I wear them for me, not for Franco. Good <laughs> um, I, I arrange my natural breasts in the bra and I put my breast form in the empty side. I look in the mirror and I see a two-breasted gal looking back at me. That is what I want to see. I want to get my old life back. And I can't feel the weight of my breast form because I'm a 34D. My breast would probably have weighed six or 700 grams. And then the surgeon would have taken that off. The breast form that I'm currently wearing weighs, I think it's 92 grams. So I can't feel the weight of it. Just like I can't feel the weight of my natural breast. So I feel normal. Good. And it has not affected my spine. I haven't got sleeveless mesodology or shoulder drop or any of those kind of things. And they're actually not medical terms. They're marketing terms. And the other thing I've found, Maria, which is a little bit alarming, when a woman has been recently diagnosed, she does everything she's meant to do. methodically, so she's going to get through this with a great chance of surviving so she can be there for her family. But she also can fall into the hands of people who have perpetrated these these mythologies with these they're not even truths they're truths with inverted commas around them and they've been iterated for such a long time they've become urban mythologies so that's where the mythology of oh you need to wear a weighted breast form comes from and it's not true you see so it's all a little bit tricky really and I'm the one with no medical cred who's saying this I feel like the little boy from the um, the Empress New Clothes Mm. saying that he's not wearing any clothes Yep. Look, I I can understand that because, practically speaking, when I run, I don't want to have anything extra moving. No. So if you were to say to me, I'm going to give you 92 grams as opposed to 600 grams to wear when you're running, I would choose the 92. I wouldn't choose the 600. No. So, right. and, and I think that makes sense. I, 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 I can see your point. <laughs> I can really see a point. I'm not actually saying that our product is better than any other product. I'm mm-hmm. simply saying it is another option. It's yes. the same option. It's made here. It's made for Australian women. And if I was a really crap, if I was as good a marketing person as I was a bra fitter, the whole wide world would know about our product. I but would. I'm actually not bright. I, you know, I ran out of puffs with marketing. I mean, it's all, you've got to keep pushing, pushing all the time. And I, it just wore me out. So when Franco and I moved out of our factory uh, last March 2019 to home, now we run the whole shebang from home, which is just beautiful. We've got the home office. We had to rejig here a little bit. Mm. And it actually works beautifully. And we're also saving all those financial outgoings. Then it's actually, it's all doable. You know, it's all, Mm. it's going well, which is great. That is great. And I don't think we'll rely on marketing so much. I don't have to ring up people and ring up journalists and then they say, oh, no, we're not interested in you this week. Or, or, you know, that's all, I find that all very tiring and trying. So you're just solely focusing on your product, getting the message out there to people who, who want to hear and want to try your product. Yeah, and I'm actually experimenting with Facebook. You know, everyone's a Facebook expert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and... I've got a Facebook buddy who comes over and together we sort of do posting. Some of them are thankfully, you know, successful mm-hmm. and some of them, you know, are flop. And we're just trying this and that and the other. It's very interesting. So everybody thinks, oh, you've got to do Facebook. And on what do they base it? Who 
these people, with these experts. So anyway, my friend and I are just doing Facebook posts once a week and we're just seeing where they can live. And that's so far, we're, you know, it's done doing okay. It's led you to me. Yes, it has. <laughs> and that's pretty good. That's all right. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. So have you got videos up there and Q&As and things like that for people to have a look at? No. Okay, but it's coming. Well, look, I've got a few videos that we've put on Facebook and, you know, I've met you, so maybe those things are just around the corner. And yeah. I've got a, I'm happy with the website. I'm happy with the information on the website. Mm. I don't actually know whether it ranks on, I'm a bit too terrified to see how well it ranks on Google, but, you know, women find me through the website. That's great. Yeah, that's how I got my knowledge of what your product is, what people say about it, the different options that you have for people. Mm. So to me, it was really easy to navigate around and find the information. So I think you've done a really good job. Thank you, Maria. I love you for saying that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's get this scene done. Love this collar band. Let me just put this blazer aside for a minute and I'll give you some insights into Style So Me patterns. Erin Shields is a designing force of Style So Me patterns. I first found Erin's patterns when she launched the Nikki Blazer and Myron Lorraine showcased the Nikki Blazer as part of her Black History Month Pattern Designer Challenge last year. Now I bought the Nikki Blazer at the time and this year I decided to use it to participate in Myra and Natita's challenge again. Erin was one of their sponsors and offered a discount to the sewing community to try her patterns. So we know Style Sew Me Patterns supports the sewing community in many ways apart from the pattern range that Erin provides us. Making the Nikki Blazer when I ran out of time this month was only tricky because it was crunch time when I got my act into gear to make this blazer. The instructions were simple to follow. The style is simple. As a petite, sometimes simple styles work best. Less fuss, no bother. I can always use a bit of style in my everyday life so it lifts my spirits and helps me get through the day a bit easier. You can browse through Erin's pattern range at stylesome.com. The patterns are available as printed patterns or as PDFs if you really need your pattern today. Don't be afraid to try these styles because you'll find Erin has developed video tutorials to get you from A to B when you sew her patterns. Let's get back to this podcast. So have there been any clients that have really blown your mind through this process? Well, yes. I mean, I, I love the connection with women who have, well, I'm only in this little, little area of breast prosthesis because, you know, if they've been wearing a breast prosthesis for a long time, that, that, that really is a drag, literally a drag for them. And then they, yes. find, they find out and that it's a joyful thing for them. Well, I just, I just get a real big kick out of that. I love that, you know. And I've had some marvellous testimonials. A girl recently, she's an artist, and, you know, our breast form absolutely works so beautifully for her. She just wrote me the most beautiful, oh, the whole A4 page of 
of words that were beautiful. I used them sort of verbatim on the website. And, you know, that I love that. It's great. That's good. That's yeah. encouraging, isn't it? Well, it is encouraging. It's lovely. Yeah. yeah. So what are your plans for 2020? Just more of the same, really. Yeah. I mean, if we could um, perhaps increase sales a little bit, not incredibly. I mean, just just more of the same. And if I, like in an ideal world, if we had a little bit of money, I would love my very own range of bras and sexy mm. bras, but I just can't ever see that happening, unfortunately. I mean, in an ideal world, well, if we lived in an ideal world, wouldn't it be a beautiful thing? But we don't. So I just have to carry on as we are. And it's actually moving home has made a huge difference to both Franco and my frame of mind and our peace of mind. So, you know, maybe next year we can take a holiday together. Franco. Oh, that would be great. Wouldn't that be nice? And Something to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. So do you have any last words for people to find out about you? Well, I mean, if you're not happy with your, if you're not comfortable with your external, with your external breast procedures, perhaps look at what we produce because it's, it's really very different from the heavy ones. There's a different shape. They go into different bras. They're a totally different creature, really. It's mm. worth exploring your options because there really aren't many options. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've lost a breast and you don't or can't have a reconstruction, you, you can either either wear a, you know, a knitted knocker, which is a product that's been lovingly made, you know, by women for women, but they kind of are very slippery and they don't really work beautifully, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Or you can wear the heavy breast form, which has been around for 40 years, in a bra that you know, flattens the bust and sort of makes it into a sausage across the chest and but it's very comfortable because there's no wire in it. Mm. Or you can wear our breast form, which goes in, into an underwire bra. However, if the woman can't or doesn't want to wear an underwire bra, then we simply have to search for a different bra and they are there. The bras are available. It's just a matter of you have to do more work for your food if you want to get comfortable following a mastectomy or a bilateral. You have to mm. work harder. But the products are there for your comfort. So I actually had a question that's come back to mind. Good. If I've been through the process, had a mastectomy, then was coming for a bra and wanted to get back into my usual life, so that also includes, it might also include going to the gym and or doing laps, so yep. swimming. Oh, well, you can, you can swim in our breast form. Uh, good, good, good. good. Yeah. Now you can actually swim in the other breast. You can swim in any kind of breast forms, mm-hmm. but they have they're lighter than water, so they if they can escape, they will. Now uh-huh. um, this can either be funny or it can do your head in, depending on your personality type. So I always say to women, you can always swim in our breast forms, not a problem. Anywhere in the sea or in a river or in a spa or anywhere, but just make sure that breast form can't escape from your bathers. I have some bathers that I had a friend made who makes make for me who's a costume maker and she put a zip pocket in. So I am absolutely confident that my breast form ain't going anywhere when I'm in the water because they can escape, even the heavy ones. Wow. And, uh, and you mentioned beach or swimming pool, so that means that they that, that can be used in salt water and chlorine. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're, well, they're, we've, we've made our breast forms from two kinds of polyurethane. And that's a pretty sturdy material. A lot of polyurethane is in our lives. You know, it's in clothing. It's a lot of plastics have polyurethane. 
it's a pretty sturdy kind of material. It's quite robust. So as, as our breast is robust, this material is robust. And I mean, clearly, if you have a new kitten or puppy in your life and you need to cuddle them, their needle sharp teeth, of course, can pierce the, uh, the skin of our breast form. But even that can be refused, actually. And, or if you sat on the breast form, you could pop it. But women tend not to sit on their breast form. However, if you leave them about, you know, teenage kids, they are hardwired to freeze their breast form across the room. Oh, That's no. not going well for anybody, right? No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, you're there. You, you've got it. <laughs> yeah, got it. Oh, okay. So two other, two other scenarios. Yes. If I was into snowboarding or skiing, so that's yep. one scenario. So that's cold and being active. And then the other one is what we're going through at the moment, a hot, uh, a hot Australian summer. Oh, yes. Look, it depends again on the woman. Our breast forms are not... Women don't feel as hot with using our breast forms as they do with the heavier breast forms because the other ones have a gel feel in them and the material on the skin, the outside of them, and the skin material, is sort of a... It's a, it's a plasticised... It slippery and, and women can sweat underneath it. I've even had a lady say to me she was so anxious about the sweat created under the heavy breast form between yes. her chest that she put deodorant there. Now she doesn't nobody needs to put deodorant because they're not sweat strands there that are gonna issue stink. However she felt con more confident doing that. Now some women, I mean after you've had menopause it's probably been induced by chemotherapy, mm. there some women are gonna have hot flushes for the rest of their lives, unfortunately. Mm. So if they wear any prosthesis, it's not going to be comfortable. But women generally are less hot, certainly in the hotter parts of Australia, during summer wearing our product than wearing the other product. But again, every single woman is different. Mm. And that's the key. You've that's got to find your options and see what works for you. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. All right. Any other so, questions? Um, so they were all the scenarios that I could think of when you're ready and you want to buy them, you know, the sort of situations you would need to make sure that they worked for you. You've covered off heat and cold and teenagers using them as frisbees, <laughs> which, you know, teenagers will do. That's exactly what they do. <laughs> yeah. Cold won't affect the breast forms, but it's the, it's the type of bra. Then you've got to find a, the bra that's going to work. Like women have their favourite bras mm. and... It's a matter of just finding a breast form which may well be ours that's going to go with that bra for the activities they wish to do or wish to resume. Oh, that's great. So it's it's an option to help women who who have been through mastectomy and want to just get on with their life and move. Well, yes. Just and keep going. Yeah. When you've had this breast cancer thing, you know, you just want to get your old. Well, I wanted to get my old life back as quickly as I could. Hmm. Now that whole process took for me about a year and a half because I had the mastectomy, then I had um, four hits of chemotherapy and then I had six weeks of radiation Then I actually had nine years of, of um, daily drugs. So the, they didn't happily, didn't affect me that much. So, But I just wanted to get my old life back as quickly as I could. And being able to wear my clothes again and have a, having a silhouette that indicated that I have about two breasts, mm. is, it, it certainly helped. Oh, wow. Thank you, Julie. As Julie says, every woman is different and bra forms need to suit each individual's preferences and lifestyle. Perfect Again gives women another bra form option to consider 
for their post breast cancer life so they can move on from the trauma of breast cancer. The bra forms Julie produces are 92 grams in weight so they're very light and as Julie says these bra forms float but they can be used for any kind of exercise. Bearing in mind their floating capabilities these bra forms will escape if they're not zipped into your bra or cozies. This episode of So Organised Style podcast was produced by me Maria Theoharis with permission from Julia Perfect again. Sound by bensound.com. Shout out to our sponsor Style So Me Patterns for helping to keep So Organised Style going. Hop into our Patreon page to give us a tip so we can continue to showcase helpful people from the sewing community on our show. Our guests bravely share their sewing and life skill strategies with our creative online community every day. You can also find our podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio and CastBox. Subscribe to our podcast to catch every episode. In our next episode, Kylie of Kylie and the Machine finally gets a chance to sit down and talk to us about what drives her creativity. In our next episode, Kylie of Kylie In our next episode, Kylie of Kylie and the Machine finally gets a chance to sit down and talk to us about what drives her creativity. The sewing community has continued to provide Kylie with bucket loads of support for her unique business and for her personal life. Thanks again for joining us. See you again.